be, uh, you know, just as we gather, it's an excellent time that the Lord puts somebody on your heart and you just lift them up. That's what it's all about. We just, we're co-laboring. It's the vessel. So, Lord, help us to be open to, to be those that would, uh, to carry our burdens to you, Lord, to bring the needs of the family before you. Lord, you're the all-sufficient one, Lord, more than able to touch every infirmity, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
basically everybody stepped in there when feel the water's trouble whenever that happens to be. Because I don't, I don't think God wants us to stay in the place that we've always been. Um, he's, he's called us to go higher and to move on. And that's what I've been thinking about recently is I, I appreciate the word that Nelson brought the other morning. Um, for those of you who weren't here, he's talking about um, walking and just starting the journey. You know, you can't, when you start a journey of a thousand miles, it starts with one step. And you can't see the end of the road until you get there. And you can see glimpses of it. Sometimes you get up on a little hill and you can kind of see down the road a little ways. But that's where our, our walk of faith comes in is where we just we have the faith to take the next step that God has put before us. And that's an important thing to do if we're going to continue on. And I appreciated Olivia saying about that tonight. You know, it's keep going we don't see the end of the road but stay on the path and we'll get there um, <clears throat> I think I want to start over in Acts um, 3 we've, we've kind of talked a lot about um, Traditions and how we want to break out of them. And that can be kind of a, a weird, hard process because, I mean, you got to do something, you know. got to, I mean, what do we do? Just shut the service down and kind of, I, I don't know how to break out of it. And you can spend a lot of religious effort trying not to be religious and, you know, breaking up whatever it is. But... There is, I'm the kind of guy, you kind of like to get, for me, I kind of like a routine and just, you know what's coming, you know what you got to do, you know what you're doing today. And it's just, it's safe and it's comfortable, it's predictable, it's, you know, you get there at a certain time and you do your thing and you go home, but this walk that we're in, I mean, you just never know when... Something is going to come up that's going to bust you out of your routine. And, you know, we've got plenty of, plenty of examples of that right here. I mean, Mark today, you know, doing his thing. Evan just doing his job, and all of a sudden his muscle comes loose from his elbow. It's like, geez, I wasn't expecting that today. But just the things that God puts in our path to break us out of the routine, the mundane, the thing that I've always come back to. It's like the cow coming to the stall. Just the, that worn path. Um, you know, trapping season started up recently. And uh, that's where the critters that you're after get in trouble is when they traffic the same path. Because they get predictable. And you can see what they're going to do. And you can set something in preparation. And next time they come through there, you got them. You know, and that's, man, that's just, just like the enemy's got for us, too. When we get so ingrained, and that's just the way I've always done things. And it's the same trough I go back to to feed. And he, he, can, he can set a trap there for me that I can just walk into and 
hey, it's just what I've done many times before. But God is trying to break us out of those things to, to take the next step and to, to not, not have this thing be a static, doldrum tradition that I'm stuck in. But, but the only way I'm going to get, get past that is if I use the word that I hear and act on it. And even that, it's like sometimes you don't know how to act. You know, we're, we're all praying for long-term problems that we have. And, and, and you know, you, get an, you feel like you get an answer, but even how, how do you implement that, you know? And you, sometimes you take a step and it's the wrong one and, and you don't know, you know, you got to go back and do something over again. But the important thing is, is to act on the word that you hear. Don't let, it, don't let it sit on the shelf. Do something with it. Because that's the only way we're going to grow and move. Um, Serta in Acts here. This is uh, Acts chapter 3. Um, I'm just going to read this a little bit. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the house at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was the guy that was sitting begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now it says later on in the next chapter that this guy was above 40 years old and he was lame from birth and I'm above 40 years old that's kind of a long time I mean to be coming to the temple and you know he went to the right place every day it says daily they brought him there sat him down at the door and he, and he asked alms of those that were coming in, in in the temple you know he knew where to go he knew where, to, to, where the source of life and where his sustenance was going to come from, from the, for that day. And, you know, I, I have times, I mean, you come into a worship service like tonight, and you can get so built up, you know, and it feels like, man, I, I thank you, Lord, for touching me. Thank you for that gift that you've given me, that, that, that thing that you've, you've put in me to, to restore me, to renew my vision, to uh, give me an answer maybe in the middle of that. But what happens after that? Am I just coming, sitting at the door of the temple to ask an alms so I can stay? You know, they probably had to carry him back to wherever he stayed at night, too. And the next day, somebody carried him back to the temple. He knew where to go. You know, all these people coming in and out, they probably, some of them were just, you know, paying their religious tithes as they go in the door to do whatever they do. He knew where to go for help, and he got help. He did. He says people, you know, people sustained him for 40 years. He sat there, came back, 
took his little, whatever that little gift was that he got at the, at the, at the door, took him through the day, he went home, they carried him back the next day. He, continual coming, he kept coming. He kept coming back to the temple. He knew where to go for life. But what we are called to is beyond sitting at the door and just getting the alms that come and this little gift that God drops on the lap, the little, you know, anointing that I get, the little uh, energizing I get from the presence of the Lord coming in our worship service. The purpose of all that is so that I rise up and walk. God's called us to be men and women of, of, of movement, of action, to, to pursue him, to get up on our feet and to move and to, and to, uh, to search him out. You know, it's, it's great. I, I love it. You know, when you, you can come and you're, you're going through a hard time and you feel like you're in the, in the depression or, or a dark time, whatever it is, we, we know where to come for help. We know where to come and we, we come and we feel the spirit of the Lord moving in our life and he drops a spark in our heart or maybe something that said up here, quicken something in me. And I, it's, I'm, I'm excited and it's like, thank you, Lord, you answered me. But then what, what am I going to do with that? Don't just put it on a shelf and forget about it. He's given us those things. He's given us those, those gifts that we can rise up and walk. And that's, that's what happened to this guy. After 40 years of coming, he knew where to come. He kept coming back. God, again, I'm coming before you. Give me what I need for today. But it's not just so that I can go back and be carried back to my place, wherever it is, back to my old dwelling place. And that I, I need to have somebody to carry me back to the temple again to, to get some other little thing. But God, put this at my feet. Let me get up and walk that I can continue on and not just stay in the place that I've been. That's what this is all about. That's what the word is for, is to quicken something in our feet, to, 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 to spur me on to, um, to not stay in the place where I've been. You know, I don't know about you, but you, you, uh, you find yourself in the middle of uh, whatever it is, a battle, a reaction, a, a temptation, a whatever it is. And in the middle of those times, in the middle of the, the division or the... Whatever it is, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that can come in here on any given day and just plant a seed. But what, what this is all about is, it, is, an, it's, is at that point in time, recognize this is that. This is what I'm doing. This is what God has given me the tools for. In the middle of that disagreement, in the middle of that frustration, in the middle of that temptation, God, this is what I'm called to. I'm, I'm called to rise above and walk. And this is, this is an example of God I can cry out to you because, you know, so, so many times I can get rolling along and get in the middle of something and, and, and I, I can just find myself in a hole. And it's like, why didn't I recognize where this was ending up and call on God in the middle of that? Say, God, I need your help right now to make the right decision, to say the right thing, to not say the wrong, the wrong thing. But in the, middle of, in the middle of the test, recognize that it's there and say, God... I, I understand this is why you're giving me those gifts. This is what you're calling me to is to walk so I don't have to fall down again the same places that I've been. Because that is, it's, it's so much, we can get caught in the, the swirl of just everyday life and the same thing and the same doldrums and the same routine. God, break me out of that thing. However we can do it, whatever, however, whatever method you need, 
And it's, it's kind of scary to get up here and say, you know, God, break me out of my comfort zone because that's, I don't, like I said, I, I like my comfort zone. I like my routine. I like my, you know, I, I know what's happening. And, but the, if we're going to grow, if we're going to move on, he's going to give us the opportunity to, to move and to do something, you know, not just be carried back every day. We know where to go, but it's for the purpose of walking. And this is, um, I'll, I'll get to that a little later. I want to read a couple um, examples in, in Genesis. I've been reading through Genesis a little bit. Um, and let, let's look over there. A lot of times when you know, you're going for a hike or something. You, you, you try to map out the course you're going to take, and you know, you got it all plotted out. And you're looking at Google Earth and looking at the maps and looking at the little lakes you're going to walk into to go hunting. It's like you plan out your route. It's a little different. This, we, we can't really plan where we're going. You know, it's, we, we have to be led by the Spirit. We have to be, have our ear tuned to hear what He wants to say to us and act on it because we get in trouble when we don't. Um, this is in Genesis 19. Um, Lot is down here in, uh, in Sodom. You know, it's interesting. I, I, mean, I thought of it before when John Cheever was here. He said, uh, you know, Abraham was a... What was, what was a Syrian? He's a Syrian, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever he was. And God, for some reason, said, this is my guy here. And he, he pulled him out of whatever else. You know, you just think that Abraham was probably a, probably a Jew. Well, there wasn't any Jews or Hebrews back then. It's like he plucked him out of a place and said, no, we're, leave what you've known. Come on over here and I'm going to make you a great nation. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty crazy. And it's, you know, here we are today. But anyhow, that's beside the point. Here we are in Lot's and Sodom, and God's getting ready to wipe it out. In verse 1, it says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet him, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. You may rise early and go on your way. And they said, no, we'll spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. And he made a feast and baked unleavened bread and ate. And they lay down. And the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out, went through the doorway, shut the door behind him. Please, my brother, we know the story. And he's, he's trying to negotiate with these wicked people of Sodom. It's like, you know, you don't, you know. But he, when, when those people showed, when the angel showed up to him, he must have recognized something because it says he, um, he bowed himself down and said, you know, he recognized that something special was happening here. Here's two angels that came to visit him to say, hey, you need to get out of here before this place is torched. And he goes through this whole, this crazy story. And, uh, you know, the men of the city are coming to, to get these guys. 
And they had to pull him into the house and, and say, hey, you need to save yourself. You know, come with us. You're, you're in a bad spot here. And uh, verse 12 says, the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, daughters, whoever you have, take them out of this place. For we will destroy the place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy it. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. When you don't recognize the voice of the Lord. Now, granted, here's coming through a Lot who is a little bit not quite buying in himself. So maybe he wasn't being real persuasive. But whatever the case would be, when the word of the Lord comes, and I mean, the angel's showing up to this guy and says, you need to get out of here, you know? And... So it goes on in the morning, uh, verse 15, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And here's where we get caught. It says, While he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and brought him out and set him outside the city. That's where we don't want to get caught. When the word of the Lord comes, it says, while they lingered. When you don't act upon the word of the Lord. Here it says, while he lingered. It says, the Lord being merciful to him. Drug him out. You know, the Lord was merciful that time. I don't, I don't know. Maybe sometime the Lord wouldn't be merciful and say, hey, you're lingering on what I'm saying. I'm, I'm moving on. You can do what you want. I'm moving on. When the word of the Lord comes in this dramatic situation here, don't find yourself lingering with the things that you've been told, the things that you have been told to act on. And, you know, acting on something is, it can be, you know, like I said, breaking out of traditions can be, and get religious about not being religious and, and trying to change things around. We can't conjure up something. But at the same time, our heart has to be open that when the word of the Lord comes to me, when he's saying, get out from this place, I'm moving on. We have to be willing to respond and go with him. It says, it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Don't look behind. Stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Lot said to them, please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight. Increase your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now this city is near enough to flee to. It's a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? My soul shall live. You know, sometime when we're too concerned about our soul living, we can miss what God really has for me. You know, here he is still lingering. He's saying, get to the mountain, get out of this place. And no, I want to go to this little city. You know, is it not a little one? Is this not good? Is this close enough to what you're telling me to do? Can I just stop off here? And so they go on and they, he overthrew the cities and verse 26 is crazy. It says, wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Kind of doesn't say anything else about that. It's like, What's that movie? The one where she, uh, one of those old movies, you know, you see her, this great thing, and she turns around and becomes a pillar of salt, just kind of there, you know. I don't know what happened there. But don't linger on the things. When God is telling you, get out of here, 
Go do something. Move on this word that I'm giving you. Don't find yourself lingering in that place. You know, there's con- we can ask for confirmation. We can ask for, for, you know, help. Am I seeing this right? But don't linger on the things that God is, is telling you to do. Because it's there, it's, it's there for a reason. And we know the story. He went up there and it turned into a bad deal with him, with his daughters. And they, you know, the, the, the nations of uh, Moab and Ammon. The Israelites were contending with those people for generations, centuries. I mean, you look at the, you look at the problems we got right now going on. It's, it's, you know, Isaac and Ishmael, right? You know, back in the day, Abraham took matters into his own hand. Said, oh God, may Ishmael live before you. God says, no, that's not my program. I'm giving you a son supernaturally. And that's the one that I'm, that I'm looking for. But even now, those, those two nations are at odds because, you know, they, they came from, that's where they started. But when I linger, when I, when, I, when I don't take the track that God has set before me, I can find myself off the path and in a, in a huge mess. I want to look contrast that with uh, Genesis 24. I've been getting um, reports from uh, Rowan and Caitlin are reading through the Bible right now, and it's starting in Genesis, and it's part of a school assignment, right? So. They've been kind of blown away by some of the stories in Genesis, and it's so I'm getting. So I was, I was reading through some of some of the stories. It is it is pretty crazy how some of those things that happen there. But just you know, seeing God's thread down through the down through the the ages of what His plan is, and a people that's in the middle of all this stuff that's going on. He's got a piece. Always had a people. Somebody that will not bow the knee and seek in Him, and it's moving on. And we, we have that opportunity to be that people in, in the midst of this wicked and perverse generation to let ourselves be those who are, are led and directed by him. Um, so this is Genesis 24. And this is kind of a, a different sort of story. Abraham needs a, a bride for Isaac. And <clears throat> we know the story that went out and and Eliezer went out and uh, back to back to his his homeland to find a, a wife. And uh, let's see where do I want to pick this up. We know the story, but she she fed his camels and ran back and told him. And uh, let's see. So he's he's talking to. To Laban, Laban here, and uh, let's, we'll, we'll look in, in verse 50. We'll start there. So you can see here's a guy that's coming in with a bunch of camels and, you know, gifts and whatever else to take your daughter away to some land that you don't know about. You know, it's like, hey, my master sent me to find a, a bride for his son and, you know, your daughter here, she looks like she fits the bill. She, God told me that this is the one and shown to me by signs and wonders and send her on over, you know? How would you feel about that? It's like, yeah, okay, sure, go ahead. No, he, he kind of hit pause here for a minute, you know? 
But he said here, and Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either bad or good. And that's sometimes the place that I feel in the middle of. The word comes from the Lord, or the situation is put in my path, or the circumstance just pops up that I didn't want anything to do with. And, you know, I can't say good or bad. All I can say is it comes from the Lord. You know, I don't like it. Doesn't seem good right now, but I have to trust that God, you put this in my path for a reason. And uh, so then it says, Here's Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be your master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass when Abraham's servants heard their words that he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself down. Servants brought out the jewelry. <clears throat> um, and then he said to the men that were with him and ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they rose in the morning and he said, Send me away to my master. Eliezer wants to get on the road. You know, let's go. But her brother and her mother said, Let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten. After that she may go. And he said to them, Do not hinder me, since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the young woman and ask her personally. Then they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent her away. And there she went. She didn't choose to linger for the 10 days it's like you know is this the lord i don't know it seems like it i will go and that's the heart that i have to have in me is that when the word comes i don't want to linger i don't want to be find myself lingering and wondering and, and just going through the motions until you know that kind of wears off and then i have to get the next word to go you know i come every day and get the the gifts from the temple that I need, but I don't do anything with it. I don't put it in my feet to give me life so I can go on leaping and dancing and, and following the Lord. You know, then it becomes tradition. It becomes religion when it just, we come to have our ears tickled in the middle and just to get the, get the little piece of something that'll take me through tomorrow. That's not the point of it. The point of it is that so we get up and walk. That we're men and women that follow the King where he calls us and where he is calling us to be and I don't know where that is for you in the middle of your circumstance sometimes you have to just step out and God I'm putting this before you but I'm going to go I'm going to move on what you've told me to go and we go on here and it says and they blessed Rebecca and said to her oh, our sister may become the mother of thousands ten thousands may her descendants possess the gates of those who hate you and little do they know she's you know there's going to be a great nation come out of her Rebecca and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels and followed the man. The servant took Rebecca and departed. And Isaac came, and, and uh, you know, they met him. And when Rebecca saw her, she saw Isaac. And, and uh, it says, Isaac went out to meditate in the field and lifted up his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Then Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. And when she said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It's my master. She took a veil and covered herself. She recognized that person coming to her. And, you know, back when I was young, I was uh, quite astute in the word. And I recognized that, you know, Rebecca lighting off her camel was the first recorded smoking in the Bible. But <laughs> just, a, just a freebie there. Light it off again, yeah. Anyhow, sorry, that was <laughs> that was a student student of the word back then. 
But the point is, she was willing to go. She followed this guy to some land, some guy that she knew not. And it was the word of the Lord for her. Am I willing to act on that? With, with not a lot of confirmation. I mean, I'm sure she had confirmation there. And, you know, it was great. But you got to be willing to step out and follow what he's told you to do. Um, we'll go on here. Just read in, read in the verse in chapter 25. Abraham again took a wife and her name was Keturah. She bore him all these other guys. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to kind of know when to quit because, you know, Abraham had all these other nations and I think a lot of these guys were thorns in the flesh of the Israelites for a long time too. But he had all these other descendants. But chapter, verse 5 says, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the son of the concubines, which Abraham had. And I, I thought of, you know, we talked a lot about the, uh, the older son and the prodigal son recently. And, you know, he was kind of mad that he was on the outside in his mind. But the father's heart says, didn't, haven't I given you everything? Everything I have is yours. Isn't that enough? We want to be all the descendants of Abraham. It says here, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. You know, here's Isaac. He's the guy that was laying on the altar wondering if that was the end of his life, you know. It says God, he gave all that he had to Isaac, but he gave gifts to the sons of the concubines. Where do you want to be? Do you want to be just the one that gets the gifts and, you know, use the gift and then it's gone, sitting at the temple, getting the alms, getting the gifts, kind of on the outside, not in the middle of the temple where the action's happening? Or do you want to be part of that Isaac that's, it says, everything I have I've given you. My desire is that you would know me in my fullness. Everything I have is yours. You just have to act. Pick up your, pick up your cross and walk. Follow me. Do the thing that I put before you to do. Because that's, that's the heart of God. It says he, he wants to give all things. It says all, all things are yours to those who are called. We want to be in that place, in that Isaac company. Not, not, just, not just satisfied with the gift sitting at the door of the temple. That I've got to get carried back to my place. Tomorrow I'll come back and you'll carry me back here again and I'll start all over again. No, the point is to rise up and walk. Rise up and move on in the things that God has called you to do. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting with the journey around um, the wilderness. I mean, they're, they're wandering around in the desert there, the pillar of fire and the, the cloud. I mean, that's, it's, that's pretty dramatic stuff there if you think about it. I mean, this thing is sitting there and they stay there for, you know, a few weeks or years at a time. And then when the cloud moved, they'd get up and move on. And they, they lived in tents. You know, they, were, they, weren't, they didn't, weren't building houses out there. It's, God was, was leading them. You know, sometimes they'd sit there for a while. But when, when it was time to move, they had to move. But when they got to the edge of the Jordan, 
when it was time to enter into the promised land, they had one obstacle before them there. And God said, the priest's going to go down with the ark. And they step in the Jordan, it's going gonna, it's gonna to roll back and let you go through. But you know what had to happen first? They had to actually go down. And it says the Jordan was, the Jordan was running over its banks that time of year. But the priest had to go down and step in the water before the way was made before him. You know, the cloud didn't go ahead of them and just part the waters. It said, when the priests, when their feet go into the water, when they take that step into the unknown, into that torrent that's riding past, that's when the, that's when the God is going to meet you in that place right there. He's going to meet you in the middle of that circumstance. You know, it's... We get caught in our traditions. I, I think... Um, You know, there's in, in Matthew it talks about have we not cast out devils and healed the sick and done all this stuff and you know all this stuff I've done for you, you know? And he says, Depart from me, I never knew you. And I don't know if that departing is, you know, what how final that is or whatever it is. But you know, I didn't go and research the Hebrew on this, but it says, depart from me, I never knew you. It sounds a lot like that word that was used back there in the Old Testament where, you know, the man knew his wife and she bore a son. That's where the power and the life is. When you act on the thing and you do something with the word that you've heard, that's when God will... You can know God and He can know you and make those things real in your life and make it be something that's more than just a gift. More than just something that's going to take me through so I can go back home and tomorrow, but he, to walk, to bring life, to, to break me out of my, my, my chains of bondage, my, my, my struggles, my unknowing, whatever it is. It's in that, in that place where He intersects you and I... I never knew you. I want to be at the place where God knows me, you know, where he is that life that he's put in, in me becomes something that is mixed with faith. And it becomes more than just a word, more than just a tickling of my ears. that sounds good and gives me, you know, makes me feel good today. But it's it takes me somewhere. It's we're moving on. That's the whole point of what we're doing here. It's not enough just to come and get the gifts and go on your way. No, I want to I want to. Use those gifts. Use that thing to be walking and leaping and, and, and walking on. It says they, they recognize this guy that has sat there for so many years. And he was walking around and praising God and, and moving on. That's what he called us to. You know, this is... It's something that's real to me right now with, um, you know, with Madison leaving. We're leaving tomorrow. Um, to just, you know, you can do all this stuff and you raise your kids and you know, you look back and you think, you know, maybe there's stuff I should have done different. You know, what, what could I have done? You know, you see your shortcomings and you eventually you just got, you give it to God and say, you know, I did what I could and she's yours. You know, you wish you could take your kids and kind of put a little bubble around them and package them up and send them out there so they're safe. That's not how it works. You know, that's not how, that's not how God works with us. He says, yeah, go out there, try it. But know that I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you. If you listen to me, 
So pay attention. I'm going to give you what you need, and you need to act on it. And that's the heart of the Father is not to keep me in a place. You know, God's way bigger than this place. He can take care of our kids wherever they go. But the point is, wherever you go, in the place you're at right now, be open to being intersected by God. And let Him lead you. Let Him point you in the direction. Open your heart and be willing to take a step, whatever it is. I mean, I don't, you know, there's... All of us are in different places. But wherever it is for you tonight, God, let me be willing to open myself up. And like Mary said, you know, be it unto me according to thy will. That's, that was a hard, that's a hard place to be when you, don't, you can't see the end. It's like God comes and says, this has happened. I can't say whether it's good or bad, but I know that God has put it in my path. And it's up to him to finish the work. I can't see it from here. But if I'll act on it, if I'll let him have his way in my life, that's what he's looking for. And that's where that's where the that's where the life is when he knows us, when we allow him to know us, and when we, we seek to know him and all he is. Amen. Suggesting we we journey on our own apart from the Lord, you know that's you can see the whole point there in Numbers nine, I believe it is, when they were going across. You know they were commanded when if when the cloud tarried and it lingered, then you need to linger. And when the you know the cloud moved, and the difference is relationship. That's the difference between dead form and something that's alive. Is is the source that you're connected to. And if you're really listening and connected to the Spirit, nothing you do will lend itself to uh, stagnation. It will, bring, it will bring you to life if you're connected to the source. I mean, whether you're, whether you're lingering or whether you're, you know, Joshua, I said, right, whenever Moses was at the tent and he was talking to God. He left and it says Joshua lingered there. Um, there's a time when it's okay to linger. You're lingering in the presence of God, what we're talking about. So let's take strength in this tonight and really, um, you know, really inquire of God. What, what, what's he looking for from each one of us specifically in this? I mean, if you had to say, how would you apply it tonight? You know, make... I really believe there's a, a benefit in making it your own. And God's got to show each one of us how we need to do that. But there is a, there is a method and a mode to, to really embrace this and put it, put it in our feet. You know, because it will bring life if, if we're directed and connected to the source. So Lord, Lord help us with that. Feel the impartation tonight, Nathan. Thank you.